Uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I hope that you've enjoyed the series. There's something I find interesting, as, as, and, and I, I think maybe it's just because I'm getting uh, a little older, and, uh, but I'm realizing more and more and more how much uh, of a big deal emotion is. It, it is a huge deal, and, and it affects every part of our life. And What's strange to me, it's, it's like, I was thinking, you know, there's our physical life that, you know, we talk a lot about. You watch commercials, and I, I mean, that's all you hear is, right? I mean, you need a truck. You, I mean, this, you, 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 you take care of yourself. You eat right. You, you eat all of these things. You exercise, and all of that's great. We talk about taking care of ourselves physically all the time, and that's great. But I think on an emotional level, we don't have a clue. I, and, and, and I don't know that the church has been real helpful in, in helping, uh, you know, understand how to navigate the emotions that we feel that we go through on a daily basis. And maybe it's because you can't see them physically, um, but certainly we're, we're feeling them and we don't know what to do with it. And, uh, and so, you know, sometimes we just, we just push it down and push it aside and move on because we're not sure um, what to do. And so, you know, I think, uh, I hope that this series is just the beginning of a conversation that will be an ongoing conversation because it is a huge part of our life. And, uh, and so, in week one, we talked about, hey, being able to deal with, and both week one and last week, I talked to the guys, and I just want to tell you guys, hey, to, to be able to deal with your emotion doesn't mean you have to hand in your man card. You don't have to hand your man card in um, to be able to deal with emotion. I want you to be tough, and boy, do we need some more tough guys in this world. But I want you to be tender as well. The greatest men on earth are tough and tender. And so, um, you know, you don't have to hand your man card in to be able to navigate emotion. And, uh, and so, in week one, we talked about, hey, what is it that I'm feeling? I, I, I remember this um, vividly. Because I am generally a very motivated individual. I can see way out um, in, in front of me and where I want to go. And, and I, uh, I have, you know, just, I, I don't know, it's just the way God's created me. And so I, I love to go and try and achieve. And, uh, and I remember a time um, when I was in bed and, and morning came and I didn't want to get out of bed. In fact, I didn't want to see anyone or anything, especially a four-footed animal, ever again in my life. And I was like, this is so strange. I've never, I've never experienced, I, I, have, I don't know what this emotion is because I've never had this emotion before. Now, as I, you know, I walked away from that, not really knowing, but thinking back, and then I ran into some material I was reading, and I'm like, oh, that was depression. Eric, you got, to, you got to experience depression for the very first time. Congratulations. That's what some people have every single day of their life. And, uh, and so all of a sudden, you know, I, I had way more empathy for people that, that struggle with depression. And so, you know, for me, just peeling back to what is the core emotion that, 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 I'm, that I'm going through, and then Jesus, do you have anything to say about this? 
does your word have anything to say about this? Because if it does and it addresses it, I want to know what that is. Because if I don't know what the core emotion is and, and, and I don't know how to deal with it, I don't know how to apply truth to it, then I'm just going to take that pain and I'm going to do something. I, I got to do something with it. So I'm going to cover it somehow. I'm going to numb it somehow. And this world provides a bunch of ways for us to numb the pain, doesn't it? And every single way that the world says, hey, you should go and do this to numb the pain, it just causes more pain. Right? I mean, we numb it. We, 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 we go and we eat. We go and we buy stuff. We, you know, spend all kinds of stuff. We, we go to drugs. We go to alcohol. We go to porn. I mean, we numb it with all kinds of stuff, and it just causes more and more and more emotional pain that we don't necessarily know how to deal with. And, uh, and, so, and, and, and so this is the world that we live in. So to be able to say, Jesus, since you created us, I think you might have an idea of how to deal with this. And so I want to know what that is. So week one, we just talked about, hey, applying the gospel to that core emotion. Then last week, you know, we talked about the, the law of the harvest and the fact that so many times we add on top of the emotional stuff that's already going on. So sometimes, I mean, just because we're living life and we're the recipients of other people's stuff and, and so, I mean, sometimes we're, we're, you know, we got plenty of emotions to sort through and then we add on top of it Stuff that we plant that just that could be avoided, but we don't avoid it. We actually add on top of it because we will not, we will not create and apply boundaries around time, boundaries around people and friends, and boundaries around finances. If we could create healthy boundaries around those three things, I'm telling you what, we would avoid so much emotional pain that is unnecessary. And so last week, we just talked about we reap what we sow. It's just, a, it's just a, a true principle. And not only is it that we reap it, but those who live around us also reap what we are sowing. So <clears throat> it's a big, big deal. And today, I want to talk about uh, an emotion that all of us have felt. And if you haven't, <laughs> put your seatbelt on because you're going to feel it. Uh, at some point in your life. Today I want to talk about the emotion of loss. Gosh, it's almost like there's a God and he lined this message up a long time ago for today. And then for some strange reason he asked the cryingest pastor on the planet to get up and preach it. He has a sense of humor. So <clears throat> loss all of us have experienced loss. And so what do, we, what do we do with it? What do we do when we experience loss and how do we handle that emotion? Well, most of the time we have these three options. We bury it, right? I just need to be strong for them right now. And you might need to be strong for them right now, but what about later? See, being strong for them right now is code for, I'm just going to bury it. And you may need to for a short period of time, but if you don't come back and you don't feel it, 
then that emotion is alive and you're burying something that's alive and it never works out well when you bury stuff that's alive. See, burying our feelings, burying those emotions is not healthy. It's not like they just go away. They're they're just like, they're, they're burning embers that just need a little bit of oxygen before they flame up. Or we replace the loss, right? We go and buy a Lamborghini, and everyone's like, uh, really? I didn't even know you were looking for one of those. I am now, you know? I, it, we, we buy something to, re, to replace. We, we turn right around and get married again. We, we turn right around and have another girlfriend. And, and, and we replace it. We, we rebound. We rebound out of it because we're not sure what to do with healing the emotion. And so we think by replacing it, maybe replacing it will heal it. But it doesn't. And time heals everything. Time does make things better. Time doesn't heal anything if we're not willing to go through the steps of actually grieving a loss. It's still there and it's still ungrieved. And time, yeah, it might make it a little bit easier. But it doesn't heal it unless we go through the actual steps of healing. So loss always needs to be grieved. Loss always needs to be grieved. And, and, and I think we get this, you know, with our loved ones, right? I mean, yes, when grandpa passed away, you know, we lost a child, we, 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 we lost, you know, extended family member, I lost my spouse, you know, we... We, our loved ones, we, we get that. It's like, yes. In, in fact, typically we think grieving-wise, that's the only place where we really need to grieve is, is in major loss like that. But I would challenge us to say every loss needs to, be cha- it needs to be grieved. Have you ever thought about change? Did you know that every single time there's change in your life and in my life, there's loss? We're closing on our ranch this week. I am so excited about that. But there's some loss. See, we built a, a house in, in Colorado, and, uh, and I, I build, built houses, and I built cabinets, and so I built our kitchen in Colorado, and, and I thought it was pretty good. And then I promised Jen uh, when we moved to, to Nebraska that I would build her this kitchen, um, improved, and 14 years later, I got to it. No, actually, it was pretty funny. It was like, no, well, Jen didn't think it was this funny, but 14 years later, and, and I mean, I worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked, and, I, and we improved this kitchen, and it was pretty sweet, um, and, and got it done, and uh, out of, I think, out of everything that we are leaving, that might be the greatest thing we're going to grieve. In, in the change, because it's a loss. Now, we have a pretty nice kitchen now, but it, it doesn't compare to the one that, that we left. Now, there's a couple coming from Washington, moving here and, and going to be in, in Brady. And they're going to have loss, right? Loss of friendship, loss of everything that they've known. 
in, in coming into uncertainty, change always brings some loss. Even if it's good change, change always brings some loss. So you may have changed a, a job. You may have changed, you know, a level of a job so you're not working with these people anymore and you've got new people that you're working with. That's, there's loss. It, it might be you changed locations, you know. Whenever there's change, there's loss, and that loss needs to be grieved. And I think sometimes we're like, well, that doesn't really raise to the level of, of uh, you know, needing to be grieved, and I should just grow up, suck it up, and move, move on. Instead of actually being open about what does that actually feel like. And then there's everyday loss. Loss of friendship. Maybe you've, maybe you've gone, gone through a divorce, you're going through a divorce, and, 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 it need, and there's loss. The relationship isn't what it once was or what you hoped it could be or what it should be, and there's loss. There's everyday loss, like the Huskers. Not only did we lose once to Ohio State, we lost to Ohio State twice in one day, both football and volleyball. And see, here's, here's what we do. Here's what we do. And, and I didn't even watch the game yesterday. Didn't, and I, had, I did have a good excuse. I had some stuff I needed to really get done. But part of me was like, I don't even want to watch it. I'm going to pretend like I don't care so it doesn't hurt so bad when we get beat. Look what I just did. I'm going to mask, bury the feeling. I'm going to mask my true feelings. I'm going to act like I don't care, which actually isn't honest because I do care. So I'm, so I'm not going to be honest. I do care, but I'm afraid it's going to hurt. And so I'm just going to come over here rather than saying, I do care, and acknowledging when we do lose for the what, eighth time? I don't know, but anyway, it's like, that hurts. It hurts. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna surface what it is that I'm feeling. That hurts. It hurts. And I'm gonna just say it out loud. It's gonna, I'm going to let it out. I'm not going to bury it down. So there's everyday loss, and it should be grieved. And I think one of the reasons why maybe we have this, this anger that just kind of is, is, is below the surface, and we can't quite figure out why it's there or what to do about it, grieving loss might be a place to explore. See, <clears throat> failing to grieve loss buries the emotions alive. Burying emotions alive ensures that they will show up later only in a different way that has more consequences. See, everyone around you will eventually feel what you fail to grieve. Everyone around you will eventually feel what you fail to grieve. 
The later we choose to deal with our emotions, the greater the consequences. Later problems become greater problems. And sometimes this life and the way this life comes, we have to walk through some of the darkest valleys and the only way to the other side of that valley is to walk through it. And David, he knew all about loss. He knew all about walking through valleys. And he journaled them down and wrote them down. And we get to look at one of the most incredible psalms, Psalm 23, in verse 4. And David says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Even though I walk through it, and here's the thing, we want to avoid it. We want to get around it. We want to numb it. And David says, no, you've got to walk through it. There's only one way to go through it. You have to walk through it, as hard as it is. And David says, you got to walk through the, not dark valley, the darkest valley. And isn't it true, some of the darkest valleys that you and I have ever walked through or ever will walk through pertains to loss. It's hard. And even though, he says, he sets it up by saying, even though, yeah, I have to walk through this dark valley, I will fear no evil. In other words, there, there is something that I am keenly aware of as I am walking through something I really don't want to walk through. But there's something that's gonna help me through that dark valley. For you are with me. Heavenly Father, I know for whatever reason, whether it's of my own accord or whether it's just life happening to me, I, in this time, am going to have to walk through this dark valley, but I can walk through it confidently because, God, I know and you assure me that you are with me. I am not walking through it alone. Here's the whole verse. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, David, he, he, he uses this imagery that his immediate audience would fully understand of, of this reference to sheep and a shepherd. And these sheep, they, they would sometimes have to walk. And if you have ever been in that part of the country, I mean, there's some deep, dark valleys that are narrow, and these sheep have to go through it. And I'm telling you, sheep are one of the dumbest, not one, maybe the dumbest animal on the planet next to goats. But anyway, they, you know, if they have any reason to be stupid, they'll, they'll do it. And, and in a moment where it's like it's closing in, it's closing in, it's closing in, and in any moment the entire herd could just go every single way known to man. 
They walk through that dark valley. Why? Because they are comforted and they know the shepherd is there with them and will protect them. And they are not alone. They have confidence in the one who is walking with them, the one who is watching over them, the one who protects them. See, we get to see this played out in in real life with Jesus. And I I just think this is fascinating because here's Jesus who is fully 100% divinity and God and 100% human. And Jesus could have looked at this situation and he already knew what he was going to do. He already knew the future. He already knew the picture. He already knew from the context of how big of a deal this was, and in his mind, he could have said, guys, this really isn't a big deal because I already know the outcome to this. It's kind of like you with your children or maybe your, your, your teenager, and they're dating, and they broke up, and their life is devastated, right? And, and, and you as a, an older parent, you're like, well, I don't know really how to tell you this, but it's not as big of a deal as you're making it out to be. You're going to be fine. Right? This is, this is Jesus in this situation right here. He's got the context. They don't. And he meets with Mary and Martha. In fact, he gets word from Mary and Martha about his great friend Lazarus who was sick. And they were like, Jesus, you need to come and you need to come right now because Lazarus is on the brink of death. And Jesus is like, hey, let's just give it a few days. And in those few days, Lazarus dies, and then Jesus gives it a few more days, and then they decide to go. So he's not like a little bit dead, he's like a lot of bit dead. And, Mary, and Martha comes out, and, and, and she's, she had some emotions to share with Jesus. How could you? How, how could you not come sooner? He would still be alive if you would have come. You could have healed him. And then Mary comes along and kind of just says the same thing. And then Jesus sees, and in his, in his full humanity, Jesus sees this, this group of people and Mary and Martha grieving. What were they grieving? And in that humanity, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved. And in spirit, in his spirit, it was troubled. It's kind of like when you're in the middle of of the grieving loss, and all of a sudden someone you care about, someone you love, someone who's connected, they show up for the first time, and you felt like you didn't have any tears left, and you turn to them, and all of a sudden, there's more tears, right? And you just break down all over again. And that's Jesus looking at people he loves dearly, experiencing the grieving loss. And Jesus, in his humanity, weeps. 
He goes through it with them. See, we have got to make space for good grief. So healthy grieving is giving yourself time. It takes time. So interesting, here a while back, um, so my dad passed away almost three years ago now, and, uh, and it's, it's kind of goofy, you know, I don't, I don't know if you ever fully get beyond the deal, and some of the smallest things bring out the emotion, and uh, so the, the other day I was, I was needing a hammer, and uh, I knew where mine wasn't easily accessible, so I knew where dad's was. And I go and I see his silly, stupid little hammer. And you're like, it's just a stupid hammer. The one I used as a little boy. Working with my dad. See, grief is a process. And the silliest things, like a hammer. We'll just bring it back to the surface. Now, I could bury it down because men don't cry. I didn't get that memo. I don't know how I missed the memo. Somewhere I missed the memo. But grief's a process. And it's okay to let it surface when it surfaces. Feel the emotion or the lack of it, and freely talk to others about it. Feel the emotion. So when the Huskers lose, for me, and I realize for some of you that doesn't cause any pain at all, for me, that hurts. Surface it and verbalize it and say it. And I think that helps it. Some of you, you feel guilty because you've experienced great loss, and in the great loss, you're like, and I've had people that have, have been this way, and they're like, I feel guilty because I should have emotion right now, and I don't have anything. That's okay, but you should surface it. You should freely talk about that, because there will come a time, because maybe you just buried it just to get through, but on the backside of it, it's going to come. And when it comes, you shouldn't stuff it. You should let it come. See, I don't know why this is, but God doesn't seem to heal what we choose not to admit to feel. I don't know why, but for some reason, God doesn't seem to heal what we choose not to surface and feel it. Healthy grieving, invite God to heal the wounds of your loss. Invite God into the process because he is the God of all comfort. Paul talked about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of, of all comfort, the source of all comfort. He comforts us 
in all of our troubles. And a lot of our troubles have to do and pertain to loss. He comforts us in all of our troubles. So that, why Paul, why does he comfort us in all of our comfort, in all of our troubles? Why does he do that? I mean, does he do that so that we feel better and, and, and even though we're the victim and we can stay as victims, we'll feel better about being the victim of loss? Paul says no. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that, what? We can comfort others. Yes, when you experience loss, you are a victim of loss. And Jesus says, I want to come and I want to comfort you, but you don't want to stay there as a victim. I want to comfort you so you can turn around and comfort others. There is something that is unbelievably healing when we don't just stay in the victimhood of our own loss and we turn around and we start serving and loving others. And God heals us this way. God uses people to comfort us and God uses us to comfort others. And, they, and we do that when they are troubled and we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So crossing, every loss needs to be grieved. Do you have some losses you need to grieve? You have some losses that maybe you've buried and stuffed down and parties like, it seems kind of silly to surface it now. It's been so long ago. But I would encourage you to surface it. And go through the process of grieving it. A sign that emotion has been buried is a dollar response to a 50 cent incident. I was talking about that that kind of that low grade anger that we kind of just live with and the older you get, the the more that, that it becomes maybe more than low grade anger and we're not sure where that's coming from or what to do with that. A sign that maybe something is, needs to be grieved is a dollar response for a 50-cent incident. Here's the 50-cent incident, and your response is a dollar. It's like, and everyone's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, that might have been right, but that was way over the top. Where did that come from? And our response is way over the top. That might be a clue that there's some work to do in grieving. Everyone experiences the emotion of loss. So don't be afraid to grieve yours and then turn and walk with others as they do the same. May we, as a family, do that for one another in healthy, healthy ways. May we have great boundaries with time, with friends and other people, and our finances. May we grieve loss, every loss, appropriately. And if we do, we will be emotionally healthy people. 
And you will be the greatest recipient of that, and then those people who are closest around you will be as well. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want to invite you in to this emotion that we all feel, and you have promised to walk with us and to grieve with us. So God, I pray that if there's someone here this morning that, man, they, they are experiencing extraordinary loss, or maybe they have never grieved a loss, it needs to be grieved. I pray that you would give them the courage to do that. God, I pray for us as a family that we would look outside of ourselves and, and see who are the people around us that, that we could reach out to, that we could encourage, that we could lock arms with, that we could, that we could write a note to, that we could text, that we could just check in and see how they're doing. God, I pray that we would be a church that reflects the heart of Jesus. That we would weep with those who weep, mourn with those who are mourning, rejoice with those who have great joy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, hello. 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 You ready? <laughs> Not sure what I'm doing here. Okay. Um, loss, that's a tough one. It's, it is. Um, you've experienced loss. We've experienced loss. And, and you have too? Yes. We have, yes. You have experienced deep loss. Yes. And um, it, is, it is tough. One thing that kept coming to my mind as Eric was talking today is um, when you talk about the grief of losing a loved one, I think sometimes that there's times when I'm not directly, in, I'm not the immediate family, and I feel like I shouldn't grieve. It's not my place to grieve because that's their loss. And I forget that, no, that was my friend too, or that's, you know, I've been praying for that family as well. So it, you still have permission, and you really still should grieve that as well, even though you may feel like, oh, no, it's not, I'm not connected, you know, to that. Right, yeah, and it's hard sometimes when you're not closely connected to them, and I'm and the same way, but then, like, just Eric speaking there and talking about his dad, I mean, that, he talks about being emotional, that's the way I, and just hearing that story, I'm just like, because I lost my dad, but it's just a relation too that that being able to relate to that and 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 I think it's I think people don't want to reach out for help for people to walk through that and so that's that kind of grieves me that that there's people out there that are that are that are grieving and not not reaching out and then also you know maybe we don't recognize who's grieving and because I mean I'd love to come alongside somebody that's because we've we, We've experienced loss, you know, loss of a child, loss of my father. Polly, my wife lost her father at a young age. So 
you know, we, we've been through a lot. And, uh, you know, so I mean, we could help somebody walk through things. And, and we have, but, uh, you know, sometimes people don't reach out and, and sometimes we don't recognize who's suffering either. Right. I think that's actually also part of the healing process is being able then to take what you have lost and to walk with somebody else through it and to be there, to be that shoulder to cry on, to just sit there and be like, yes, I understand and help them walk through that. That's true. I, I love the song today that we were singing and it talks about, you know, I'm chosen, but I'm not forsaken. You know, I, and, and you are with me. And to understand that, that God is right there um, David reiterates that in Psalm 23, you know, I will walk through the darkest valley, but you are with me, and your rod and your staff comfort me. And yet I know that there's sometimes when you have that loss, that's the first thing you think of is where God are you? Why did you allow this to happen? And yet he is there, and he, there's, you may not know why, um, but it, he's there to help you, and he can be there to help heal that and to um, bring the source of all comfort to that, yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've had people ask me, you know, why do you think God took a child from you? Right. Um, you know, we've had some, we've had, Polly and I have had some marriage issues in the past and, and went through a tough, tough time. And, and people ask, well, why do you think God did that? And, and I, I don't know the answer to that, but what I keep coming back to is, that we have been given the opportunity to come alongside people in different, you know, whether it's loss of a child or, or just loss in general or, you know, through marriage issues. And so it, it, it's no fun and you wonder why God did it, but I, but I come back to all the time that it's because so we can walk along somebody else and help them. Um, and, and I cherish that opportunity. I think it's awesome. Yeah. And that is what the wonderful thing about having a church family is, is that you have so many people that can walk with you through things. And now, Crossing, I'd just like to thank you for joining us. Um, and we just look forward to seeing you next week. You'll want to join in because we start a new series next week. See you later, Crossing. Have a good week. Bye.